This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is the Valiant Central Podcast, episode 141. We have to retire soon, Paul. I think so. That's I mean that's why we got this Patreon going, so Ooh. we could finally make enough money to retire. <laughs> Where can we move to to live off of eleven dollars each a month? Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, it's eleven per. Anyways, if you want to contribute to the show and let Paul buy a new house somewhere in the mountains or wherever he wants to go, you can support the show at Patreon.com/slash Valiant Central Podcast. And uh, thanks to those that have already, we'll mention you at the end of the episode. There's some good stuff on there. We did our uh, our first original content last week. Paul and I talked about Matt Kent's Ether. Mm-hmm. So that's up. Next week, we'll be putting out uh, Gotham by Gaslight. And if you don't know the Valiant Connection, then shame on you. Go look it up. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I mean, not like we knew. <laughs> we figured that out as we were recording it. Yep. Anyway, nice stumbling across stuff. Speaking of Matt Kent's, I, uh, two days ago, Sunday, I was off, and I read uh, Asterios Polyp, uh, which uh, our friend Jay sent to me. Um, and uh, good book. Uh, David Mazzuccelli, if yep. I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote and drew it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm never the best with names, so... Uh, I didn't know until I looked it up that he drew uh, some big things. He drew Daredevil Born Again, yep. which Frank Miller wrote. He really drew good. Batman Year One, which I believe that was Frank Miller too, wasn't it? Yep, really good too. Yeah, so you know he's drawn some really big things, and this was one of his own projects, and it was a really good book. Uh, so I tweeted about it, and uh, Matt Kent tweeted back to me saying it was good and told me to check something else out. But the fun- the thing is. I didn't tag Matt Kent. Like you, you expect, you know, creators and stuff to, to tweet back when uh, when you tag them and stuff. But like, it always surprises you a little bit when you're like, "Hey, you like you actually read my tweets?" And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, how, how many tweets do you think Matt Matt Kent gets on oh, his Twitter page? Ridiculous dude. amount. Yeah. Yeah, I think so you know you know cool. the difference is though. Usually when when we tag creators, it's like actually like have some kind of conversation that's meaningful i think most of the time when people tag creators it's like hey check out my review of your book that nobody gives a shit about you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i think that's what the difference is as a result like some of the creators actually end up reading the tweets i mean i get yeah. some of that it's some like of the... when, when i when i tweet matt ken it's usually like cardinals suck mm. yeah. speaking of which i should go on twitter right now and do that you should do that. Ooh, are we going to do a Valiant Central Fantasy Football League update? I think we should. Should we? Because I was the highest scorer of the week. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to switch over to my computer. I don't know if this will work. I've never done this. I'm calling you from my computer. It says it's connecting. All I gotta say is this: Look, we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it because obviously this is a very—it's a small league uh, with a group of friends. But last year, I did not do very well in the fantasy football league. This is what our third year, fourth year. Uh, this is our fourth year. Holy cow! Whew! 
Anyways, week one, I played against our friend Aaron Bell from Rebirthically, soon to be something else podcast, and uh, murdered him. Yeah. Murdered Most him. Most of the words that Martin just said were in finger quotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so yeah, good, good, good first week. I'm excited for the rest of the week. Yeah, you had Kareem Hunt. That's why you murdered. Him. I mean, you had other. So you also had the Jaguars defense. Which yeah, Jag defense was, was awesome. crazy good. I, that's what I uh, said. Yeah, you know, it's what's funny. So uh, we also have. Uh, you're not in this one, but we have the Slack League, which uh, was originated because there were a bunch of people who wanted to be in the VCP League, uh, but we didn't have room. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, Garrett is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually he ended up losing with the second best score in the league. Wow, but he had uh, he had the Jags defense, which when he drafted the Jags defense, I was like, he, he was asking what I thought about you know his draft and everything. I was like, you know, he did fine. I was like, there are a few things that are kind of head scratchers, like drafting the Jags defense, and the Jags defense put up like twenty nine points for him. So, mm-hmm. but you also had Cream Hunt, which I had Cream Hunt in both of my other leagues. Yep, and let me tell you, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, in uh, one of the leagues. Uh, I'm in a league with some friend, well, a friend from California and her friends, and it's a money league, and I've won it the last two years, thanks for all the money. Um, I picked up Cream Hunt off of waivers after the draft, hmm. just like just just sitting there. So I mean, that was like a free a freebie, and I mean, he, he had to have been the best running back in the first week, and who who knows how it'll pan out after this, but I mean. Yeah, he, he's, he's ranked a, number one running back in the, in the whole league right now. Yeah, he's got to be a, a an easy starting running back every week with how he – I mean, because it wasn't just like he had a fluke game. Mm-hmm. That dude was talented. I watched uh, I watched a bunch of that. I watched him fumble his very first carry and was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to give, uh, give Mike Myers a shout-out for that one because I picked him up because he suggested him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I actually would have drafted him, but I didn't have a pick till so late in that draft that I didn't have a chance. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, enough football talk. This is not the baseball card you podcast. You did not talk about how I won, about how I whooped <laughs> Justin Ehart's ass. Listen, it doesn't matter that you won. It matters that I won because last year I didn't win anything. <laughs> yeah. That's because you're terrible at fantasy football, and you'll come back down to earth next week. Well, last year, me, I, la- la- last year I did auto-draft. Yeah, because you're a loser. Yeah. This year, I actually got the app and paid attention, so... There's that. Let's talk about some Valiant stuff. There's uh, there's stuff going on. Nothing big, but there's stuff. There's stuff. You know what I mean? Like, stuff, stuff. I saw uh, I saw preview images of that Ray Smurgrum Shadow Man book. Looks awesome. It's uh, Renato Guedes, who did uh, Divinity Zero. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it in that painted style again. Going, oh my god, dude! Whew. Yeah, that that'll be a good book. I mean, I mean, I don't know how the story's going to be, but yeah, who, who's writing it? Anyways? Isn't it uh, Elliot Rahal's doing it? He sure. he did that Archer and Armstrong one shot that we liked, the uh, Escape from Gulag. Yeah, we'll see. But the art looks awesome. That's all I know. That's all I want to say about that. Um. I did get caught up on all my Valiant stuff, so I do want to bring up War Mother and Harbinger Renegade number 7 a little bit. If you haven't read those, there will be spoilers, but we're not going to go there yet. What I want to bring up first is uh, 
is is a re- little redaction from something I said last week. Because I, I talked a little bit about how it seems like Valiant's missed out on some really good artists because they're just kind of going to Marvel or whatever, Marvel and DC. And man, like, I went and I checked my email and I saw the previews for that... How do you say that band's name? Race... Whatever. That band that they're doing the Shadow Man book with. That book looks great. Divinity looked great. War Mother. Oh my god, that was freaking awesome. Um, Harbinger Renegade, eh, art was okay. But then, like, Exo's good. Bloodshot Salvation's looking great. Um, I, I didn't read it yet, but I flipped through Ninja Zero, and that looks freaking awesome. Um, yeah, that was good. I'm looking forward to Ninja K, so... There was that. What else did I see? Oh, the Quantum and Woody preview. So there was an article on Entertainment Weekly, and whoever the uh, the journalist was interviewed Daniel Kibblesmith, who writes for the Tonight Show with Stephen Colbert. He wrote for the Emmys, and he's going to be doing Quantum and Woody. And Dinesh was on the interview as well. And uh, the interview was fine. Like I, I don't know, whatever. I, I, there were preview images of the Quantum and Woody book, which comes out in December, I believe, third week of December, and it's Kano, and holy shit, is it awesome looking! I don't know if he like, I, I know he inks himself. I don't know if he colors it as well. That's dirty. They don't have a they don't have a full creative uh, or artistic team on here, but dude, god dog, it looks awesome. It's like uh, it's very similar to the way Delinquents looked, but even more polished. It's just freaking awesome looking. I can't wait for it. Yeah, I did see uh, one image that uh, Dinesh tweeted out. Um, I didn't open it up real big. I was just on my phone right, but uh, it definitely looked uh, intricate. Very intricate. A lot going on there. Um, well, you know, he, it, he he's he's from Spain, so he's got he's very much got that European art style. Um, which I, is is Black Sad the first European book that you've read? I have no idea. I've okay. read Black Sad. I can I can tell you if I've ever read other European books or not. But 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 you know, like there's there you can tell the difference between European artists and American artists, um, in the way that they set up pages, and generally they're they're really a lot more intricate than than what American artists do and i'm not knocking an american artist so like guys that are listening like don't get mad at me but the 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 style is different the presentation is different and uh this looks freaking awesome dude i uh i don't know if you saw the article or not but they they dug deep on how this is going to be like a super 90s book because they want it to be an homage to the 90s era quantum woody when they came out and I thought that was kind of interesting. I hope that's not entirely the case. Because that could go bad pretty quickly, I think. Um, but if they do monosensibility with, you know, some some like jokes and whatever that people reading the book 25 years ago might remember, um, I think that might work out well for them. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, Quantum Wood looks great, man. And uh, as part of the interview, I thought this was funny, and I wanted to see what your opinion was on it. We we know, so so you and I quit doing variants quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are quitting doing variants. Valiant is notorious for loving to do variants. 
And for Quantum and Woody, I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, since it's going to be like an homage to the 90s, they're going to be doing foil covers for the first 12 issues. <laughs> now, I don't know. I, I know you weren't reading comics back in the 90s, Paul. I was reading comics in the 90s. The 90s loved some foil covers, Paul. I loved yeah, it was them too. Foil in the nineties. I mean, even even uh, you know, collecting cards and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like uh, I, I got some boxes of those uh, the the Valiant era trading cards. Mm-hmm. Um, horrible, horrible cards. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's cool though. It, it has like uh, I mean, the cards are basically like a collection of the covers. Which back then, that's cooler than nowadays. Nowadays, it's like it's not that hard to find cover art, you know. But sure. I mean, I understand the difference, but looking at it from from today's perspective, uh, like the the premium product in the box of cards was like foil cards, mm-hmm. which are completely worthless. So mm-hmm. it's you know you're spending money trying to get these chase cards that are completely worthless. Yep. Anyways, I, I do remember a lot of foil covers. And uh, this came up in an interview. Dinesh was talking about books like um, Wildcats. Wildcats loved some full covers. And I got to tell you, I love me some Wildcats. So it didn't bother me one bit. But uh, one of the questions I was asked is, where'd you guys find all this foil? Um, <laughs> and it, here's, the, here's the picture that I got. I'm, I'm gonna, let, me, let me read this paragraph real quick. The credit goes to Valiant's publisher, Fred Pierce, who was not only a member of the original Blind team, blah, 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 blah. Um, here's the crazy thing about most of the enhanced covers that swept, in, uh, swept comics in the 90s. Most manufacturers have literally go, uh, forgotten how these types of covers were produced. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's complex and labor-intensive, but after many months of searching, we finally hit the mother load and discovered a vault that contains many kinds of foils and other enhancements that were used at the height of the 90s and never produced again. So we're reclaiming the material, which includes the exact same foils that were previously used on big comics like Jim Lee's Wildcats, as well as some others that were never put into production, remixing them and bringing them to the modern day. I thought this was hilarious. So here's the picture that I got, Okay. Dinesh is up in the office somewhere, or he, he's he's off filming Ninjak vs. the Valiant Universe. Fred Pierce is, you know, at the publishing house, printing all the Valiant books. And uh, he drops his coffee. So Fred Pierce goes to the closet to try to find the mop, so he can mop up the coffee that he's got on the floor. And bam, there's a stack of just fucking old-ass Wildcats comics. And he's like, oh my god, full covers. Let me call Dinesh. And he calls Dinesh and is like, hell yeah. Let's reuse those old-ass covers and make some new ones. That's the picture I got in my head. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it sure sounds like it. Sounds like a good story. We should, uh, we should publish that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be sure to write that into uh, Stripper Hunters that uh, Ronnie and I are writing. This is, this is going to be a thing, folks. Stripper Hunters will be a comic. Anyway, um, thoughts on, on full covers? I think it's cool. I think that's, that's an example of one of the, the cool throwback things that they have been doing for variant covers. You know, If you're going to have variant covers, make it something interesting. I was talking about that with uh, somebody about... Um, 
about getting getting tired of varying covers, and I was talking about like how uh, uh, you know Ninja Turtles. Like I, I for a while I was always getting the one in ten variant because the shop I was going to at the time got them, and they gave me a you know decent deal on it and everything. After a while, I looked, I realized, man, this is just some shitty art. Like mm. the cover art was just bad, and and um, it's you know my current LCS is the one who I was talking to. He's like, yeah, they basically like they used variants to try out artists. Right uh, and like put out that shitty work, and people were paying extra money for it because they called it a variant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so variants like that suck. Like I don't want a variant that's crappy art. Um, I'm not a fan of the variants that are just uh, black and white of the A cover or something like that. You know, like to me, like I don't want the you know, especially like a one in fifty, and it's just like the black and white version. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like it would be cool if it was like. Have you ever seen um, when they do a, a variant cover that's like a the artist edition so like it's actually like the you know like the blue lines you see the blue oh, lines sure, sure, and, and sure, the yeah. red line you know like whatever it's it's actually like the actual like pencil drawings and whatnot that's why i got the um the dark knight 3 the master race the uh the hardcovers because mm-hmm. uh, they were putting them out the floppies and then whatever they were like Four ninety nine, I think, and they had the mini comic. Or you can buy, you can wait a couple months after that and get the same comic. Now, granted, they were like ten bucks, but it's the comic in a hardcover format, and the covers were like the line art, mm-hmm. and it it was awesome looking, dude. Like that alone was worth me spending the extra like three or four bucks to get that cover, you know? Yeah, I've seen those. So you know, it's like stuff like that can can be worth it. But yeah, so I mean, like I think something like this is pretty cool. Like Valiant has done some pretty cool variant covers. Um, you know, some of the, like kind of the, the throwback artwork or artwork that's kind of reminiscent of other stuff. And they've, they've done other stuff that like doesn't resonate with me, but might resonate with other people. Like uh, you know, for me, the eight bit covers they did way back when were cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other people, the uh, the Minecraft covers were cool. Like for me, I couldn't give less of a damn about the Minecraft covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like all that, you know, all those different things are cool if they, you know, if you dig them. It's a lot better than just you know saying, well, we're gonna try out this artist and they draw a shitty cover. I mean, the one Ninja Turtle one that that actually was the one that made me say, I'm gonna stop getting variants. Uh, was one basically where Casey's getting beat by his dad and the background is just like flat color. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, that's that's not even cover art. That's just shitty. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah I mean, the, the spoil thing I think is pretty cool. You know, they did the... Uh, um... What, what, what do you call what they did like when they did uh, the Armor Hunters? Did, weren't those foil covers? Um, No, those are a little bit different. What were those called? Oh, God. Now I can't remember. They're, it's the same... It's similar material. But with the foil covers... Um, it's more like it gives it like a, like an accent more than anything, whereas those co- the the Armor Hunters covers were like they looked like they were printed on metal kind of. Yeah, chromium covers. That's chromium. There you go. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. The the foil covers are not as fancy as that. Yeah, it's more like using the foils for accents. On, Correct. On yeah. The ray, yeah. Yep. So, yep. but anyways, yeah, I, I think it's cool, and I'm assuming that they'll probably do, you know, like throwback style artwork too. On the Something covers, like that, yeah, that'd be cool, yeah. actually. 
Yeah, because I mean, using foil as part of the medium is going to be kind of lim- limiting what you can do to an extent. So you got to make it work with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that Quantum of Woody series. I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. That guy's funny as hell, man. He was at the panel in was he at C2E2? Yeah, at C2E2, I think it was. Yeah, I mean James Asmus, he's a big. Uh... Yeah, you know, as, I mean, as far as his career goes, like he's he's more of a TV writer than a comic writer. Yep. He? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it makes yeah, sense. he was doing a uh, theater, I believe. Yeah, he was a theater so, writer. Yeah, and I mean, I, I dug the first Quantum and Woody. Some of the mini series were a little hit or miss for me, but mm. um, you know, the the first series I thought was good. Um, the giant size Quantum and Woody I thought was good. Uh, Quantum and Woody. Must Die, I thought, was just a little beating a dead horse. <laughs> um, the Delinquents didn't really impress me as much as I hoped. Um, not that it was bad by any means. No, no, it was, it was um, fine. The art was great. The story was okay. Yeah, kind of same thing with Quantum Woody Must Die. It was fine. It just wasn't, you know, it was just kind of, yeah. I mean, it's maybe, maybe too much Quantum Woody uh, in a shorter period of time. Now, it's been a while since we've uh, had a series with them. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. I mean, especially with a new writer on it, so you get a little bit different of a voice. Um, but, you know, the, like, I enjoyed it. I know some other people just flat out didn't enjoy it at all, but, you know, whatevs. Whatevs is right. Own. Whatevs is right. Um, yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it comes out December 20th as the first issue, so be on the lookout for that. And so we're talking about foil. I gotta, I, I gotta shout out the guys, uh, the Collecting Valiant podcast guys have their own bloodshot salvation exclusive mm-hmm. and they have a, a little holographic uh collecting valiant logo sticker on them as uh you know like the you remember the the what was it called the valiant validated signature series mm-hmm. um that came with like a certificate of authenticity or whatever that, that that's what the sticker's kind of for anyway shout out to those guys i think they're just setting them on ebay but uh that's cool the cover looks good I dug it. Yeah, that's cool. And leave it to Justin to really, you know, put together all the bells and whistles on it too. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I want to give. I think a... he just put out podcasts. Yeah, I mean that would be cool too. I know he uh, he he texted me last week. He's like, I, we have one recorded. We're recording one again tomorrow. And I was like, cool. Just like put it up. And they haven't put it up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, what else we got? Very briefly, I want to talk about, uh, I know you hate talking about sales, Paul, so this will be very quick. Apparently, August was, uh, not the best of months for comics. But in terms of Valiant, I gotta say, pretty good. EXO's, uh, staying strong there. What's EXO at? What, what, what issue number and how much did it sell? Issue number six at 12,000. That's pretty good. A lot of series from Valiant by, you know, like after the first issue they're under 12,000. Yeah, can you uh can you walk through the cells for each issue starting with number 1? Uh yeah, sure can. I'm surprised you want to know. Exomana War number 6 at 12,000 copies. I think that's uh that's pretty damn good. Let's see what else. War Mother number 1 at 10,115. That's also pretty good. Yeah, especially because that War Mother, it's not like he got the the big first issue push or anything like that. Yep. And plus, it's I mean, technically, it's almost like a brand new property, right? Because the for for people that don't read just Valiant, 
I mean, they probably never read the uh, the one shot anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a new thing. Uh, Divinity Zero at eighty six ninety two. Secret Weapons number three at eighty four seventy five. Shame on you, comic book readers. That book should be selling fifty thousand copies. Best Valiant book. And quote me on that. Put me on the cover. Best Valiant book. Valiant Central Podcast. Uh, let's see. Rapture number four at sixty five seventy four. I kind of expected that. Um, I just I, Rapture did not capture. You can put that on the cover as a caption too. <laughs> uh, Harbinger Renegade. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Rapture did exactly <laughs> what I thought it would do. It transitioned. Uh, trans- transitioned Shadow Man. Got him out of the. I mean. It set them up to where they... I mean, really, they could do whatever they want to with him now. Because, I mean, basically, at the end of it, they're like, he finally is vaguely... We don't know. <laughs> That's basically how it ended. Oh, I think that, that pretty much sums it up. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they loosened it up to where they could do anything with Shadow Man now. And in continuity, well, they just... You know, they showed the break from what had been constraining him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they could do any, they I don't think they clearly showed what they're going to do with him or, you know, is he going to be, you know, a strong character? Is he going to be a more human character? I mean, they, they didn't really tell us anything about that, but yep. I will say that the, I didn't, I, I, I'm looking forward to rereading the series and trade. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I was as down on it as some people were. And I think some people were pretty up on it. Um, and for me, I was just kind of like, it didn't really accomplish as, it, it wasn't as entertaining as I expected it to be. Mm. I think that sums it up. But, Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Herbert Renegade, number six. Are you ready, Paul? Nine million copies. That's amazing. <laughs> 6,224. That is low. That is low. That is very low. Uh, and that's it, because everything else is, uh, you know, trades. Um, now this is August numbers. Let me ask you, Paul. Didn't Faith in the Future Force come out in August? I have no idea when it came out. Why don't you know these? You should know. You should know exactly when everything is out, Paul. I I don't even know what I'm doing right now. I don't I don't even know what month it is now. <laughs> let me uh let me let me look through these uh these numbers again. Because I'm pretty sure that Faith is not on this list at all. It is not. All right. When did this book come out? Dun, dun, dun. Great podcasting. All right. July 26. Oh. Huh. Wait a second. There was no Faith in August? Because issue two comes out, just came out. So it just drifted into September. So I mean, it's just off by a week, basically. Let's. I want to see how how Faith in the Future Force did. Seventy eight, eighty eight for number one. Hmm. That's not good for number one. That's all I gotta say. I mean, I'm not gonna put my faith bias on this, but you know, there's that. You think the uh, the faith train has sailed, Paul? Wait, trains don't sail. Hey, do you think the the faith uh, boat has sailed, Paul? 
Has the faith uh, train departed the station? Oh, yeah. episode title. <laughs> um, I think that they've settled faith back down into a, a proper niche, and you know, they're. I don't know. Maybe they realize that faith isn't going to be the thing that leapfrogs Valiant into, uh, you know, being the most notable comic publisher in the world because of that comic or something. I don't know. You know, faith obviously resonated with people, but the thing is, is you know, what type of people it resonates with? Are they the ones that are going to keep on doing it forever? Or are they the ones that are going to be like, this is awesome for a mm. while, but maybe comics aren't really their thing? Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you're selling people on it through Entertainment Weekly and stuff like that, those aren't the people that are going to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's something that's a good might, point. But... No, that's a good point. And I think I mentioned that. Um, when they started doing all these interviews and announcements and stuff on Entertainment Weekly, what's the other one? Oh God, there, there's been a couple where I'm like, why, what, like, why are you guys doing this on this publication? Like, comic book people don't read that. And then of course, like Aaron Bell, he's like, oh, I read that magazine. I'm like, no, of course you don't. he does. He steals it from people <laughs> when he quote delivers it. <laughs> Oh man. Anyways, so uh, yeah, I think it's kind of odd, but uh, whatever. You know, if they feel like it works, and that's fine. Yeah. So re- reading Faith in the Future Force. Have you read both issues? Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 fine. It's a fun book. It's a it's a fun read. I enjoy it more than reading uh you know the Faith we were getting, which was an okay read. Like I feel like Faith was one that. If I, you know, wasn't reading everything Valiant, I w- probably wouldn't read it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I was dabbling in Aftershock for a while, and I, I was kind of trying a bunch of different stuff. Um, that'd be one where if I was dabbling in Aftershock, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to bother with that one. Sure. Um, but Faith in the Future Force, um, it's, it's just a fun read. I mean, it's, uh, and you know, I'm not like some kind of uh, big timey-wimey type of fan, you know, like, I, I, I didn't, th- that wasn't the aspect of Ivar that I liked, was all the, you know, oh, this is how it works when you time travel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I like how they're doing it. They, you know, it's I feel like it's being done cleverly and entertainingly. Um, so I'm enjoying it. Cool. That's all that matters, I guess. Yeah, yeah, me, my enjoyment really is all that matters to everybody. Well, I mean, that, that somebody enjoys it. I'm not, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Like I think the book's fine. It just uh, it it is better than the last one. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's amazing, but like this, I'm like, okay, this is actually fun to read. Like I want to see what happens next. I'm not like on the edge of my seat. See what happens next, but yeah, yeah. when the next one comes out, I'm not like, okay, bottom of the pile because I don't care about the talking cat. Well, and that's the, that's the same with like Secret Weapons, right? So I think Secret Weapons is amazing. Best best book Valiant's doing, but. I mean, you look at sales, uh, that might not be the case, you know? And I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't you can't really say that sales relates to how exciting a story is. Well, like, sure, you know, sure. It, it, I mean, look at it some of the best stuff has not had the best sales. That's true. Well, and I mean, I always say that, like, if I'm reading a, a book that I really dig at, like, Marvel, for example, if I really dig it, I know it's going to be canceled. Because nobody else is reading it. 
because it's not the thing that those people want to read. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. I wish uh, I wish more people gave secret weapons a shot. And you know what? I wish they pushed it more. I mean, that's not something that they really pushed. Like, okay, so they've had Eric Heiser on, and having big time writers has helped other books in the past. I mean, look at Black Panther. Black Panther was selling gangbusters because of um, what's the name, Tahini Coates. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, the book doesn't sell well at all, right? Because those people just kind of realize maybe they don't want to read comics they just want to read these books i don't know yeah but i mean that might say something about valiant's priorities right now i think really what they want to push what they want to get in people's hands is uh the i don't know the intellectual properties that are gonna translate into um you know movies basically that are gonna make money Mm -hmm. that's what they're they're aiming for as far as the money maker you know, I still do believe that they're they're you know aiming to put the best quality out in comics, um, and I, I still think that they're meeting uh, their promises and you know the expectations that we have of them with that. Um, and I mean, getting something like Secret Weapons is great. You know, it's it's a, a great story, a great comic, and they're publishing stuff like that. And they're not you know everything there they publish clearly isn't just to you know, make those those big movie connections. But I mean like look, the the big push is behind like EXO. It's behind Bloodshot uh Salvation coming up. You know, those are the things that get the big push because those are the characters that they want people to have the visibility of. Mm-hmm. Um because movies are gonna start coming out. You know, and that's where they want it. And, and we talked before about how with uh with Renegade that you know, it didn't really seem like stuff was going how they wanted it to. So there was a big shift between issue four and issue five. Um, obviously, like Harbinger movies are going to be part of it. So, um, you know, they, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it'll be interesting. They obviously have, have had a lot of things to draw attention to Renegades, and it's not uh, translating into sales. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they do as time goes on with that. But I mean, obviously, they have a plan leading into Harbinger Wars too. Um, so they, it's not like they're going to abort what they're doing because they're leading into something big, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Um, I mean, since you're since you're talking about that, I know we we briefly uh, talked about Harbinger last week, but I had not read it at that point. We've been talking about Renegade a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> issue seven. Well, I know, but I'm just saying it's we've actually because we talked about issue five and yep. we talked about issue six more than we usually talk about issues. We sure did. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think Renegade deserves uh, some attention for a variety of reasons. Um, the biggest of which I think is that a lot of people just don't quite know how to feel about it, or how they feel about it is possibly kind of misplaced to some extent. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, explain that. Because I, I want to talk about that. Uh, well, to not just you know lay on the same kind of trope that we have been with you know uh, dismissing people's criticisms of Renegade. Um, ultimately, I think that people have you know like too many presupposed expectations of it and. They're not able to see past those to what they're actually getting. Well, so I, th- I thought about that because that was my first assumption. 
Um, but when the issue came out, when was that? Like two weeks ago, I guess. I um, I was listening to VCR, and Sean was on there, and Sean didn't like it. And you know, like it takes a lot for Sean not to like a book. Um, like he thought it was fine, but it wasn't his jam, and he was kind of leaning on the side of kind of not liking it. And Jeff was the same way. Chris was not on because, I mean, we we know how Chris feels about the book, right? So he wouldn't need to be on to, to express that opinion. But, like, even Jeff was kind of down on it. And the thing about Jeff is Jeff Jeff's comic book history is kind of similar to yours. Like, he hasn't been reading comics for a long time, you know? Um, and he, he didn't read the old stuff. I mean, he he's read some of it now, but he didn't read the old stuff when it was coming out. And I mean, I think he's been reading comics maybe a little bit longer than you, so like I don't know, five, six, seven years, something like that. So, yeah, we've so talked so, about that before. Yeah, he's like he's right around where I'm at. Although I think I've dove in a little deeper than he has. Well, yes, yes, but but you know that kind of goes against that point. Like maybe it's not just people that have presuppositions right because if jeff maybe yeah, and I, I think that's a niche of people and i think that there are people that are still relying on that to form their opinion whereas like i think the point that you're getting to is that they're you know people just they don't know exactly know how to feel about it and i think that issue seven is an interesting one to look at for that because it's uh you know getting to us in a very different way well so here here's how i i read the book i um did this kind of work for me because I've read so many comics in the past week. I've been doing this push to read everything that I was behind on so that I can start cutting books from my list. And, um, like, for example, what was it Sunday? Sunday. Sunday I read, like, 60 comics, Paul. You literally just went, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yes. Grabbing Sun- a monster truck rally at ECB now. <laughs> Sunday I read 60 comics and a trade and a half. Oh, that's just insane. I, I've done big days like that before. Actually, Sunday was a big reading day for me. It wasn't nearly that much, but I read uh, the majority of Volume 2 of Mind Management. Nice. And that I had already read a little bit of it, and I finished it, and I read all of uh, Asterios Pollock. Nice. Yeah, not not quite as much as I read. But anyways, so so I don't know if it's because I had read so many different kinds of books that I was just in a different mentality. Um, but, you know, when I when I read Harbinger Renegade, I read it just based on what I read in that issue. And I didn't, like, think about what happened before or go back and reread it or anything. Like, it just, it, it was what it was. And uh, aside from my agreeing with you on the art issues, I thought the story was fine. Mm-hmm. I really dug yeah. it. Yeah, you just hit a good point, too, that also kind of shows one of the kind of niches of Valiant fans. Is there are a lot of Valiant fans that they're just Valiant fans. And so when you are when you are just only submerged in that one thing, so your brain kind of gets used to this narrower window of things, uh, it's not going to like being stretched out of that box as much. Whereas if you read a lot of different comics, mm-hmm. um, your brain's used to flexing all over the place. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to phase you quite as much. You know, there's still going to be those things that you're like, I love this because of this reason. It has that very firm, um, you know, it like it, it's one of the things that sets your 
your overall trajectory as a comic fan. Mm-hmm. So that those things, you know, you may not accept even if you do read a lot of stuff, you you may not accept it to go wildly in different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um you know, like if if Exo started uh started blogging and uh you know talking about his day, you'd be like, "What the fuck are they doing in this comic?" No, this <laughs> isn't Exo. You know, you wouldn't accept that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, you know, with if Faith is doing it, obviously you you don't really care. You don't feel the same way about Faith. Plus, I mean, in that case, it kind of suits her character. But I don't know if uh, if uh, Livewire starts doing it, you wouldn't care as much because you have more flexibility in how you feel about that character. And the more stuff you read, the more you you can't get so ingrained when you're reading so many different things because you have to move your mind over all the place. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just another aspect that you know you know we, we're always I think we're, we've been trying to figure out why Valiant fans can be so crazy sometimes about how they feel about stuff. I think that's one of the reasons is they're they're not spreading themselves out as much, so they do end up more invested in things, and they they don't want to see changes. Not necessarily that they just don't want to see changes, but if they um, you know oscillate off that you know the the central line it gets to be too much yeah yeah and i think that 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 may be an example with this issue uh is they were pushing boundaries that haven't really been pushed before um i know one thing that i can't remember who said it we we were talking with quite a few different people um but so in in this issue we see animalia basically meet up with you know the the renegades of old um after generation zero has been gunned down basically Mm -hmm. so we get to see here kind of in the way that we think of her more as as a badass and you know killing some people and stuff but then we also get to see you know we see her emotional dealing with seeing her friends butchered Mm -hmm. um so like i i think it was a a strong issue um, but I can see where that's uh, uncomfortable for some people, and I can see where for some people it's like, you know, you, you can look at it and be like, this is a fine issue, but I don't love it because, I don't know, it's just, you know, it's like, wh- wh- what are you reading Renegade for? Like, that's, it, it's too potent to just be loosey-goosey about it, you know, you can't just be like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Because there, yeah. there's too too much strength in what's going on in it, so you have to have a feeling about it. So if you don't love it, but you don't hate it, you just kind of feel confused by it. Well, and the weird thing too is, you know, I, so I'm not on Facebook, so I have not been privy to all the Facebook group conversations on the various family groups. But I've heard rumors uh, of of different things being said, and one of the things that I heard about was how people feel like Chris is out of character. And I don't understand that. Like, do you feel Chris is out of character because she, she wants to band everybody together and, and go like raise another army. Like, I don't feel that way at all. I think that's called character growth. And if I think you expect more in character for what Chris was before than what she's been, you know, when, when uh, renegade first started, everybody come on, you know, People complained about Chris being out of character because she didn't want to be responsible for stuff. She didn't. She she just wanted to be you know have a normal life. But when, you know when you look at all the stuff that she's gone through, 
Um, and it's not like we had a comic that was like, here's Chris's life in prison. Here's Chris getting out and starting a, a relationship, which is her, her first, well, as, as far as we know, I guess, but I believe that's her first relationship since she realized that, that she was a lesbian, right? I mean, Correct. we haven't, at least we haven't seen that. That we know of, yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in Harbinger that we saw that there was that point where she realized that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we didn't see all this development, so we're kind of jumping from the end of this through all of the, you know, her processing that as a person and developing, going through huge experiences and getting to the point where it's like she, she doesn't want to deal with these things again. She wants to be distant from it. I mean, just like, you know, Pete runs off and dopes himself to get away from it. You know, she's, she's you know, is basically kind of uh, in denial. And she's not a super-powered person. You know, she's mm-hmm. not a psyot or anything. So yep. it's like it's even harder to deal with because it's not like she had to accept this thing that makes her so different from everybody. She's just a person. Yep. So, uh, you know, I mean, she's been through a lot of back and forth and figuring stuff out. So I don't know. I, like, I when I read it, I certainly didn't think that Chris was out of character because I think that's more the character that we saw from Chris before. I think it was her... Um, realizing that even though she may not be a psyot and have superpowers um that she has powerful abilities even if they're just normal human abilities and that you know she realizes that she can't ignore them Mm-hmm. yep i agree i thought it was good i like that that I, I wasn't expecting it and i i dug it and i think that's what's important you know you want to you want to you don't want your comics to be the same shit every week, Paul. Let me tell you. And you definitely don't want it to be the same shit for 25 years. I don't know. If if you're a Simpsons fan, oh, you'd probably God. like that. God, that show's awful. Is that still on? Yeah, it's still going. Oh, I think it's God. at like 30 seasons or oh, something like God. that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have not watched it since season 12. I haven't watched it since uh, like 92 or 3. So I don't know what season that was. Probably like eight. I have no idea. You're old, so you know you. Dude, I'm two years older than you. Shut the hell up. <laughs> so old. <laughs> um, we're each on a different side of thirty-five. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-five's not that big a deal once you get to it, bro. That's I all I gotta say. I said you're older than me, and then I, I picked something arbitrary to illustrate it. Garbage. That's how you make an argument. Arbitrary <laughs> points that you make seem important. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was War Mother. I read that. I dug it. I um, here's, here's the thing that I realized, Paul. After, after the first Britannia, everyone was like, oh, like there's no connection to the universe. But there's another one coming. Maybe that'll be explained there. And then the second one came and went, and it's still not connected to anything. And I'm okay with that. I know some people aren't. War Mother kind of feels the same way. Like, even though it's set in that 4001-plus universe, um, it doesn't feel like a typical Valiant book. And I know that, like, we, we've talked about, and other people have talked about, the connection between... The, the aliens in, in the current Exo War series to the aliens that were running the Grove in uh, in War Mother. Um, 
But other than that, like, there's no connection, and that that's never been explicitly said either. You know what I'm saying? You're wrong. Has it? Um, there, there's a a clear connection to Rai and War Mother. What I miss? There's positrons in it. Oh, oh, okay, yes. But what I'm saying is, there there hasn't been like anything explicitly discussed. Yeah, they talked about the positronic motherboard or whatever the hell it was. No, there are, are positronic people in it. Oh, did I miss that? How did I miss that? Because you weren't paying any attention when when she goes to the uh, the the place that the people want to go to, where the the signals coming from. Uh, Montagna, uh, yeah. Yeah, and 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 the, the the one bastards are killing the other bastards. The urbanites. Yeah, well, the ones that are getting killed, they're positrons. Oh shit! You might be right. Yeah, and and they're what they're doing is they're like boiling them in acid to remove the organic material from the the mechanical material. Mm. So, see, for me, War Mother is a, it's a new, valiant creation, War Mother, nothing from before, and it is, like, the most valiant book. Like, it, is it is very valiant. I mean, even more so than Divinity, which was, like, I mean, Divinity, I mean, Divinity is awesome, um, but Divinity is, like, just this whole big creation that is kind of sitting here beside everything else i mean obviously like the first divinity series unity was really involved in but divinity is just like so much bigger that yeah you know they're like yes it's in the valiant universe here they are interacting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it feels like a se- a separate world that comes up against the valiant universe like it's like uh okay and that, this may not be the most solid example for me to make since i haven't really read this stuff but it's like Thanos coming and like fighting people in the Marvel universe. Hmm. Well, he's not he's not there in the everyday with the Marvel universe, right? He's coming from afar. He's you know from sure. You know he's not part of the the Marvel world. Well, even if yes, he exists in the universe. I, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, he doesn't live you on know? Earth. Yeah, that that's kind of what Divinity is. Like the the scope of Divinity is so much bigger. I mean, look what we're getting next with Eternity. It's really going to get out mm-hmm. there, right? That looks good. Um, so War Mother is like right in the grit and the grime, right in the world of Rai. You know, we haven't seen her interact with Rai, but you don't need to because you see she's in the world that Rai's world also is a part of, and they make the... the I mean, it's black and white right there. You have positrons. That's a shared part of it. Now, we, we're not seeing them cross. Obviously, Rai was in space in Japan. Mm-hmm. She's not in space. Um, but this is where, okay, these things are, are greatly separated from... We haven't seen them interact, but as they come together, it's going to be amazing because we're seeing the, the bigger world get unveiled. But they're still in the same world, not just the same universe. You know what I think it is, Paul? I think this is... Uh, I, I need to give Van Lanty a lot of credit. Even though... Even though, Paul, he has never been on this podcast. Except that one time where he was on this podcast, but we were not on this podcast. It was, He wasn't really on this podcast. He was on some other podcast that was ripping off our identity. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I filed a, an identity fraud case about that. Mm. 
Anyways. Uh, I'm, I'm still fighting to make those people go to prison. Well, the one guy's okay. <laughs> the other guy, I don't know. But, uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll just, uh... The one that's okay, we'll just chop off his hands for stealing their identity. <laughs> yeah. Um... I just I gotta give Fred a lot of credit because I understand what you're saying and it made me realize there's only been one issue of this fucking thing out. Mm-hmm. But there's been so much world building between that one shot and this first issue of the mini that it almost feels like I've read like a dozen issues. You know what I mean? It's really good. It it really is. It makes me think of uh, some of my other favorite things like. Uh like Rye, where you're really getting, you know, Rye right off the bat, you're getting this really big glimpse of this world that's new to you, but um, you don't you don't feel like you don't know what the hell is going on the whole time. Like, you really feel like you're getting integrated into it. Like, the, the approach of it is all different. Um, I'm trying to think of something to relate it to. Like, sometimes you read a comic, and it's like, okay, well, it's world building, but like, it doesn't really build the world right off. Like it takes forever to build the world because they're really what it is is they're telling a story, mm-hmm. and the story just takes place in a world, but they're not making you feel like you're part of that world. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, where like Rye, I, it was really building a world, and that's you know like that's uh, something that Matt Kent's really strong at. Um, into like if you go back to Archer and Armstrong, uh, Fred Van Lenty's Archer and Armstrong. Mm-hmm. That's why that's such a, a an integral piece of the beginning of the Valiant Universe is like he made you feel like you were in a real world. I mean, mm-hmm. like you know, we, we don't think of it that way because like Arch and Armstrong is just like the world outside our window. Um, but uh, yeah, like you really fe- like all these pieces that you were seeing, like you, you didn't have a problem accepting them. Like you really felt like you were in the midst of it. Yep. Um, even look at Ivar Timewalker, where you're going through all kinds of crazy stuff, jumping through time. Um, so you're seeing all these different places. You're not staying in one place, but like you feel like the places you're going to make more, like the stuff you're not seeing, you just you feel like it's there because this world kind of makes sense. So Fred Van Lente is really good at, at at you know making a world even without having time to build it. Yep, it's true. It'd be good to have him on. Um, so, for the, so everyone knows, yes, we're going to have Eric back on when Secret Weapons is over. Um, I'm working having Rafer on after the current arc of Renegade is over. Because I, I, I still don't feel like people are giving Rafer a fair shot on this book. I think it's really good. Um, not the best, but it's good. It's very enjoyable. And uh, <laughs> Paul and I were joking around with Fred about uh, him coming back on uh, after the first arc of... Uh, of War Mother's done, so that'll all be coming up. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, I'm excited about War Mother. Um, you know, we we've been talking for a while about how just what we see in the future of Valiant, which we're kind of in the midst of the beginning of this future, um, is getting more ingrained in what we've loved about Valiant and kind of getting back to what we want the most with Valiant. Mm-hmm. I think War Mother is a good example, and you know, we said this with Secret Weapons, where you have to. To get the level of greatness that Secret Weapons is, like it has to be good, but you only get 
you know, you only get the shot to be that kind of good when it's something that is totally fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how good Renegade is. It's already existed. You know, you don't get that, you know, the new car smell with it. Um, same thing with EXO. Like, it doesn't matter how good Kent's EXO is, and it's great and I love it, It you don't get that because EXO has already been there. Right, um, sure. So Secret Weapons had that real freshness. They were able to do something really different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, to relate it to something else, like, you know, I loved Hawkeye when Fraction and AHA did it. Um, and the reason they were able to make it so great is because Hawkeye wasn't one of those characters that, like, you have to do it just like this, you know? Mm-hmm. It could be fresh and it could be different. Um, War Mother's like that. I mean, yeah, we had the one shot of War Mother before, but that, I mean, that was really kind of like a tease. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's more like, you know, we're just finally getting it. Um, yeah, I mean, War, War Mother, it's not tethered down to anything. Um, it does kind of make me think of, uh, of how I felt reading the first issue of Rye. Although the first issue of Rye, you know, definitely was a little more transcendent than War Mother for me. Sure. I mean, also, we you know we, we got the one shot a while back. Yep. Um, but this issue, I thought, did a lot of what made me really love that first issue of Rye. And that first issue of Rye, that, that was the first time I remember anticipating a number one issue of something mm-hmm. and it exceeding my expectations. Yep. I've read number one issues of stuff where I had no expectations and it exceeded my lack of expectations. Um, you know, like uh, Dr. Mirage. The first Dr. Mirage is a good example of that where I just fell in love with that book the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no expectations going into it. Well, with Rye, I had expectations and it still exceeded those expectations. Right. I didn't even know who the hell Matt Kent was then. <laughs> uh, now he's your best friend. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. I mean, you know, he tweeted me. What can I say? <laughs> uh, that's all I've got for tonight, Paul. You got anything else? Oh, um, well, I think we've done a lot of uh, talking about Valiant. Um, you know, we were talking about a lot of the other stuff that we're reading. So we're, we're in uh, similar but different places. You're trying to read through a whole bunch of stuff to sort out all the junk you want to drop. Correction, and, I've uh, read... Because I'm zero issues behind right now. Well, you're zero issues behind, but you still have to go through uh, dropping everything now. Well, and I um, still have like uh, six weeks left of shipments coming in, so. Yeah. Yeah. You poor fool. I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, for me, I'm, uh, I've stockpiled all these, you know, hardcovers and trades and you know, stuff on comiXology and stuff like that. So, like, for me, part of it is I have a, a good amount of books that I uh, have to read so I can send on to somebody else, mm-hmm. get rid of them. So, like, I'm still kind of cleaning out my office that way. Um, but it's been nice to be like, you know, like, I bought the, the whole run of Mind Management, the you know, the six volumes of Mind Management. Mm-hmm. And, I like, I've been wanting to read Mind Management forever, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm finally like, you know what? I don't have to read all this other stuff, so I'm going to focus on reading wine management. And if I wasn't so tired today, I already would have finished Volume 3. Uh, and it's great. It just keeps getting better. So that's where I'm at right now. I, I'm reading wine management. Um, I mentioned Asterios Polyp. So since I mentioned that, uh, I, and I said a little bit about the creator also. Um, so that's the kind of book that... Uh, so... Jay sent it to me, 
or he told me he was going to send it to me. And when he told me he was going to send it to me, it obviously got the name on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it around in bookstores and stuff like that. But I, you know, I look at it and it caught my eye, but just because I knew it was coming eventually. Um, you know, when I looked at it, I'd be like, I definitely wouldn't have picked this up on my own. And I get it from him and I look at it and, um, the art's pretty different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of hard to read for a little bit cause I didn't have that much reason to be drawn into it. And it plays a lot with design and, you know, like that's a, a big part of it. So the, you know, the way the art is used to portray the characters and portray emotions is different. There's a lot of, um, a lot of design going into it um, in a way that you're not used to with comics. So, like, for me, it was just, uh, it was a whole different experience um, in, it, you know, it really makes your brain work differently when you're being challenged in different ways, you know, reading something. Uh, because you, hey, it's, it's a, that was interesting, but then when you get into the story, like, you just look at the meat of the basic, the basic meat of the story, um, is just really good it's a it's an emotional story that like that's what really drew me in that's what makes it such a good book to me but then you have all of these other elements on top of that that are just so interesting and complex and it was it was quite something so i know you looked a little bit at the art of it but i definitely recommend it to to anybody who's not willing to try or not willing to uh not afraid to try something uh different and challenging um so yeah so that's what i've been reading right now that's cool man um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out a couple books too, I guess, since we're shouting books out. <clears throat> I mean, I read a ton, so I don't know what to pick, but I do know what to pick because um, I've I've been chatting with the uh, the creator quite a bit recently. Um, Scout Comics has this book called Heavenly Blues that is really really good and really interesting. It's written by Ben Kahn, and the art is Bruno Hidalgo. And it takes place in hell, but it just looks kind of like um, a mix between an old western town and like a late Victorian era town. Um, and the book starts off with this guy that goes to hell and meets with, meets up with the main character. And his job is to torture new souls that come into hell. Anyways, there's this whole plot... Uh, one of the angels comes down from heaven to hell to try to recruit him and his partner um, to do something and uh, maybe they can be saved and go up to heaven and it's really well done it's fantastic and when you get like you you meet these characters and they seem super awesome and super nice and then you learn their backstories and they're horrible people Um, and so you understand why they're in hell, but heavenly blues, uh, go read that. It's, it's really good. It's not available digitally. You have to find a physical copy. Um, but well worth checking out. And the other one is made men that just came out. That's an Oni press book. And who is that? Paul Tobin and Arjuna Susini on, on art. It's freaking awesome. And it's about the great granddaughter of Frankenstein and it's freaking uh, it's super gory so Paul you're not gonna like it because there is blood everywhere uh, but it's badass it's like a crime noir book alright after I finished it I, it reminded me a lot of Robocop you know Robocop's origin story 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Her origin story is similar. And like the first half of the book is kind of RoboCop's origin story, but told with this lady. And it's freaking awesome. There's like, uh, like vigilante cops and freaking monsters and like gothic horror stuff and magic and it's freaking awesome. Anyway, that's Made Men from Oni Press. I'll shout out uh, uh, one more thing. Um, so one of the cool things, like uh, uh, you know, we've said before, like we do this podcast, like not just to cover Valiant, but like we're Valiant fans. We're doing a podcast for Valiant fans, which means more than just talking about Valiant. Mm-hmm. So you know, people hear stuff we talk about and check it out, um, but it's cool to check out stuff from other people. So like, I mean, I mentioned Asterios Polyp that the only reason I read it is because Jay said, Hey, Paul should read this. And he sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, another book that, uh, it's chilling at my library for me right now, but I just wanted to shout it out to show that, you know, when, when you guys out there recommend stuff like it, uh, you know, it, it will actually check it out and may, you know, maybe end up talking about it. Um, uh, killer be killed, uh, brew Baker. Oh yeah. That's good. I have um, the trade of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget who first uh, mentioned it. I want to say it might have been Eric. I think I know it was Eric Nick was chiming in on it at the very least. Yeah, I think it was Nick because Nick and uh, I talked yeah. about it a long time ago. I don't think it was Nick. It was uh, it was somebody I don't talk to on a regular basis, not in our little inner oh, okay. inner circle group. It was uh, um, a post I was making on Facebook. I don't. You did, you're not on Facebook. You didn't even see any of this. Nope. Yeah. So I don't know what Facebook about? is. Yeah, nobody knows. Sounds like um, the devil's <laughs> So what it was was uh, on our Facebook page that you don't go to anymore. Um, I, I basically, so I added a bunch of new people, and I said, okay, this is a good time to reiterate the rules, which are basically don't piss me off and treat people nicely. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, what's every like what's everybody enjoying right now? Like let's let's start a positive conversation because of course. A certain somebody had made a certain negative post that got a whole bunch of conversation at the same time as well. Sure. Um, so, you know, a couple of different things like drawing the new people in certain conversations. So I just said, what are people reading? And people started saying stuff. So that's kind of how it came about. People would say, you know, I'm reading this. And some people would be like, oh, I love that. And other people would ask questions about stuff. And so it was cool. But, yeah, you know, when when you share with us the stuff that you dig, uh, you know, just like you guys check out some of the stuff that we mentioned. We check out some of the stuff that you mentioned. I mean, we always joke that I've I've made more Usagi Ojimbo fans on this podcast than I've made Valiant fans. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's always cool to check out new stuff, and it's there's so much stuff out there, and comics is such an expensive habit that being able to talk to people and see why they liked it or why they didn't like it or whatever like helps uh, you know, helps us all of us you know figure out what to give our attention to. So uh, thank you for whoever first made that recommendation. I'm sure I'll go figure that out soon enough but uh but so keep you know keep it up you guys see something that you think that would, uh that will like let us know about it especially now with the patreon uh and we'll do uh you know the patreon exclusive podcast so we've done one on ether that i absolutely loved by matt kent uh we did gotham by gaslight um, which was the best ever yeah so like i i could see us doing one on killer be killed because it was recommended by uh fan of the podcast so. yeah do it yeah I uh, I already read it, so I'm good to go. Yeah, I'll be picking it up tomorrow, so I'll be reading it soon. Nice. If you want to check out uh, more of these Patreon-exclusive episodes, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast, 
and uh, support the show at any level. Uh, we're not picky. Here, here's the way you got to look at it. Cue, cue the sad... Uh, wh- 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 who does those, those commercials, Paul? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Cue the sad music. <laughs> sad Hulk music. Here we go. For a dollar a month, you too can help feed a Paul. That's all you need to know. Paul, a dollar a month, that's 25 cents per episode. If you're a patron, that's even less because you get the extra content. It's like 16 cents per episode. That's a bargain. Bargain, I tell you. Anyways, go check that out. Uh, I want to shout out the patrons that we have. Uh, So we had some last week. There's a new one for this week. So we got Julian F., Myloa's acting up again, Michael S., Travis W., and Mike C. Thanks for being patrons. They're all at the $5 level, so they get a shout-out on the podcast. And, uh, again, you can join at any level if you want. That's it. We're done, Paul. We're done, right? We're done. Great. Thanks for tuning in to Valiant Central Podcast, episode 141. We'll come back next week. Have a good one.